We've talked a few times about the housing crisis in Canada. It's really, really gotten desperate, as you know. Um, every political party at every level has talked about their plans to fix things, and that's important for sure. But it's also worth examining how we got ourselves into this mess. And there, there's no doubt that um, we've done some of this to ourselves. One of the things we've talked about before is we don't treat housing and real estate necessarily as housing and real estate, but an investment, right? And that's always been part of the conversation around real estate in Canada. It's, you know, a house is the best investment you can make. Well, if you can get into a house, and now we know that a lot of people can't. So sort of our mindset, our thinking around housing uh, is part of the reason we're in the mess that we're in. We're going to chat with Nimoy Lewis now, who is an assistant professor of urban and regional planning at Toronto Metropolitan University. Uh, Nimoy, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for having me. Listen, let's just start with your take on the situation and this housing crisis, as it's been called so many times. Um, Canadians facing, in reality, some really, really difficult, impossible choices, really, when it comes to keeping a roof over their head. How bad do you think it's gotten? I think it's gotten really bad. Um, I think that we're in a, a dire position right now, and where we see what my research is showing is that we're seeing a lot more families that are spending uh, more than fifty to sixty, or even in some cases, over seventy percent of their after-tax income on shelter. And I mean, what what's seen as reasonable? Because when you sit down and have a budget, it, it's closer to thirty percent, isn't it? It should be closer to 30%, but the difficulty is that um, we see that um, a lot of the housing that's currently being built, uh, we've all heard about the, the situation with respect to higher development charges, higher um, uh, boring costs, higher uh, land costs, and even higher material costs. But all those costs have to go somewhere. Sure. And at the moment, um, often what where those costs typically go or you know, transfer to the consumer. The difficulty is that um, uh, household income isn't rising at the same pace of the cost of shelter. Uh, I'm interested in the conditions that created this, and like you touched on some there, but there's also been a shift in this country, right? We've moved away from a public housing model. We just don't do that to the extent that we used to, right? So we don't do that to the extent that we used to, where we're building uh, tens of thousands of uh, non-market housing, um, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, but as the federal government and both the federal government and the provincial government um, got out of the housing business in the uh, mid-90s, that sort of posed a huge problem because there was no one building a lot of non-market housing to compete with the private market. And as a result, uh, we've left um, uh, private market to allocate housing um, and we know that uh, the difficulty is that the private market is, a lot of the private market is focused on, um, you know, their fiduciary responsibilities, and that is to maximize their return on their investment. And as a result, um, a lot of folks, middle income households and lower income and working class households are not the priority. And in a sense, it's more of affluent and higher income households. So the question then remains is that if, every, if the private sector is so focused on maximizing the returns, then who's focused on folks at the other end of yeah. the spectrum? And, and like you say, what we've done here is we've created a, a system where huge, giant corporations have stepped in, right? That's basically who's offering a lot of the, quote-unquote, lower-rent accommodation, or not accommodations, but living spaces in Canada now, right? There's some giant corporations that are basically in that space. 
Yeah, so there's a, uh, there's a lot of uh, companies that have entered the space that are not traditionally um, uh, landlords. Um, these include private equity firms, asset management firms, um, and even our very own public pension funds, both public and provincial, um, have gotten either into the, into the multifamily rental space, either uh, indirectly through their investments to financial intermediaries or directly in terms of acquired properties. And um, one particular public pension fund that I will note um, is AIMCO, which is the Alberta Public Pension Fund, which manages the pension of uh, public employees of the provincial of the province of Alberta, have invested even directly uh, in acquired multifamily rentals, even here in the city of Toronto. Um, and ultimately, when we do that, when we turn real estate into, you know, a big business rather than, uh, you know, a, a human right, we see the consequences, right? The whole paradigm shifts. Yes, we definitely see uh, the consequences, and some of those consequences include folks that are having to uh, skip meals um, in order to make sure that uh, they can pay their rents, or folks that are having to um, rely extensively on the food banks, or folks that are even cutting back on groceries in order to make ends meet. And these are some of the sacrifices that folks are having to make, that folks who are making the decisions on how to uh, create a lean corporations that are um, seeking to create a lean operation, they're not seeing that there are particular faces behind some of the numbers that are being discussed in the boardrooms. How do we fix it? Can we fix it? I've only got a minute here, so I'm really putting the pressure on you. But is, is there a fix to this? I think definitely there's a fix, and that requires that the federal government, both the federal and the provincial government, need to get back into the housing business. But we also have to think about not just building supply. We have to we have to also make sure that we're building supplies that Canadians can actually afford, and not just housing that is only affordable for a 10- to 15-year period, inclusive of a five-year phase-out period where these housing returns back to market rent, and we find ourselves back in this situation. We need more non-market housing that is going to remain affordable and perfect. And then we also need to make sure that we close the gap in terms of policies that are also causing us to lose um, um, to lose some of our existing affordable housing that we do still have remaining in the market. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nemo, thank you so much for being here today. I really do appreciate your time. I think you make a great point. Thank you so much for having me.